What's that place you've always wanted to try? Well, you're there. Sharing plates with just one bite. Or on second thought, maybe not sharing. It's that good. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. All right, everybody. You know what they say. If the shoe fits, mm, kick it. This is the world according to Kyle podcast. I am back once again. How is everybody doing? I am fucking great. Thanks for asking. Uh, in case you didn't notice, uh, this is a. I had a month skip in uh, recording my uh, podcasts. Uh, I was normally going to do the one per month, rend- the once a month rendition of the world according to kyle podcast but last month was an exception where uh i kind of everything started to open uh up a little slightly and uh i decided to take some uh well what happened is that i scheduled um a uh get together with my friend back home and um we ended up having to reschedule it and uh, the rescheduling kind of fell on the same day that uh, I was hoping to do my podcast and uh, everything being considered uh, and that uh, everything opening back up uh, I decided to just scrap the podcast for the month and uh, in order to do my fulfillment of uh, 12 podcasts uh for the 2021 year i'm actually gonna i made the executive decision here at twa2k to uh put out a greatest hits uh for my um 12th uh feature i'm just gonna kind of use that as an excuse to do my year in review and uh kind of go over everything and compile together uh some of my um you know spicier takes and uh and uh better uh uh uh, content and uh just to have it out there because i've been seeing some um stuff pop up recently especially uh in the field of uh sports where they want to see submitted uh um uh speaking for uh get to get hired by podcast companies and stuff so i was figuring especially my takes on sports i could isolate and have like a uh greatest hits uh twa 2k sports and greatest hits of twa 2k um regular show as and if you have listened to any of my shows you will know that i spend the first segment uh talking about uh giving a rundown on um the news and whatnot and popular events popular culture etc and then uh the last segment of the show where we go uh and do a sports section uh sports and reality sometimes they intersect and uh i will talk about sports issues but it'll usually pertain uh it'll usually be a transcendent uh a more transcendent issue that i feel like it is necessary to talk about uh uh it it is newsworthy uh etc etc stuff like that so uh yeah that's what i'm gonna do because you never know what'll pop up and uh and getting my um 
getting my uh, uh, name and voice out there for different uh, situations. And so between that, wanting to do a greatest hits in general and kind of using it as an opportunity to uh, maybe partake in some human interaction that who know who knows if we'll ever have again, <laughs> ever have again. Uh, it was a nice little opportunity to see my family and friends and uh, take a weekend to uh, kind of get used to uh, semi-normalness, uh, eating outside definitely and drinking alcohol outside, definitely not my version of uh, normal. But, uh, you know, uh, some semblance of being able to see uh, to see other people and uh, to, you know, uh, say hi and interact, albeit incredibly awkwardly. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's going to be a, uh, a hurdle to cross uh, in the coming um in the coming months, uh, if things do kind of, uh, restrictions that end up do getting uh, loosened, uh, eventually, I think that'll be a hurdle to climb is just the, uh, social interaction and like <laughs> to having to talk with people again. Like, uh, I, I, I was actually, um, the other weekend ago, I was at my, uh, my friend's house, uh, uh, and, um, just, talking with people was like uh you know you always i was just uh blurting out things and talking too loud and not used to like interacting interacting with others uh but yeah hey it's um it's all for the better i guess as long as things are uh opening back up uh hopefully uh alberta doesn't uh, end up fucking uh spiking the cases to the rest of canada because of these uh ridiculous restrictions that they are uh lifting to the uh to an excessive uh degree i would say uh to just have no uh somebody who's tested positive um no longer quarantine uh or no longer uh self-isolate and no longer have to do anything is a little bit um it's a little too much uh right now i mean you know this is not the type of thing where you just want to rip a band-aid off and uh have it go back to completely normal you want to kind of uh uh get your feet wet into uh into uh normality first and uh you know like nobody acknowledges that uh what's going on isn't real unless you're a fucking moron uh and there are uh quite a lot of morons uh around around there and uh quite a lot quite, and i've been developing quite a large headache um trying to uh put myself into their headspace and w why they're thinking the way they're thinking um so here's my uh stance on and i've been arguing a lot with uh, anti the anti-vax uh community online sorry you'll have to excuse me i am having a beer uh <laughs> while i while i am doing the podcast because i have worked six days in a row and it's my day off and i'm doing more work on my day off so sue me uh yes and i've been um uh uh arguing with like these uh anti-vaxxers online and um just it's staggering uh that um with all the information available to you that you can have 
uh, significantly dumber people as as a result like this is like uh, a level of stupidity that like honestly like our ancestors uh would have laughed at uh, so so these so these people um we've just uh, been experiencing a um prison-like existence uh for the last year and a half and uh, you can erase your uh, probability of uh, acquiring the virus that uh, we are going that we have gone into lockdown for. You can reduce the probability of acquiring the virus that uh, we went into lockdown for by like over ninety nine percent if you simply get a vaccine. Okay, a vaccine uh, for a virus that has killed at least in Canada, uh, over 10,000 people. Uh, okay. So how many, uh, how many people have died as a result of the vaccine in Canada? Zero. Okay. Uh, so, uh, two thirds of the population is vaccinated. Um, nobody has died from the vaccine. Um, who knows how rampant COVID has spread through the population, but there are 10,000 deaths uh, due to it. Maybe we're not at the brink of uh, mass uh, uh, mass virus spreading. Maybe there could still be more. But so the anti-vaxxer logic is instead of uh, taking a very low risk vaccine, which has killed nobody uh, and getting out of lockdown. And so so taking that is a high risk to their well-being well i'll be fucking damned uh what are the odds like literally uh did, did i what did i just explain to you that uh, you're not understanding and on top of that uh it's not like the uh old viruses before where uh you actually are infecting yourself with a uh, albeit um micro dose of the virus and training your immune system to be able to uh to be able to fight it this is a synthetic protein guys it's uh uh <laughs> like yeah, do you know how, how many proteins go in your body like all the time it's a fucking synthetic protein that's all it is with the mrna vaccines and you're fucking scared of that of a of a vaccine that has killed nobody and uh we're our um our uh, uh uh go our lives going back into normal is being delayed because there's just a um because there's just enough of a number of uh idiots who uh are believing this shit <laughs> and then they're the ones who turn it around and tell you that you're not thinking for yourselves you should not be thinking for yourself. You sh you should accept that you're fucking dumb. That's what the smartest people do. And then they go to the experts and they see what the experts are saying. Not that you're out on a fucking like you've you're the one idiot that has figured everything out and uh, the earth is flat and and whatever and there are chemtrails in the fucking sky and uh the frogs are uh, the water's making the frogs gay and uh the and the vaccine is more dangerous than the coronavirus thank you thank you uh uh vote for uh retard for president uh <laughs> like come on uh and it's infuriating. I've never seen like there we, the level of stupidity for this would be we would be laughed out of uh, we would be laughed out of uh, like any other decade. Like and this is like 
this is a common enough thought where it's fucking things uh, up for us. And this was what I was talking about in podcasts before, where I'm just like, don't get too excited uh, about going back to normal just because we got the vaccine. Because uh, guess what? Uh, we also have social media. <laughs> and we also have a lot of idiots. And a lot of idiots that think that they're right about uh, about everything. Even though they've just ingested a very small amount of data. And they're just looking for things that, um, that uh, uh, went with their belief system. Now... I've had my gripes with the government and how they responded to COVID, but I mean, I don't think they're lying. I don't think that they want to plant uh, fucking microchips. I don't think that the virus or that the vaccine is all that dangerous. And the, okay, so the baffling thing is that the they will point to the low fatality rates of COVID as a reason to not get, uh, to not get um, uh, vaccinated. Well, that's okay on average, but I mean, I don't want to fucking kill grandma fucking uh, grandma Ruth around the corner because her probability is higher if she catches it. And uh, would I be willing to get a vaccine that has uh, zero fatalities out of how how many people in the world have had the vaccine so far? Hundreds of millions has had uh, zero fatalities and you're worried about uh, like it's just it's it's such an act of uh of ignorant selfishness and ignorance of data and just such a fucking uh stupid selfish fucking moronic thing to do unless like i'll provide certain exceptions if uh if you have a weak immune system uh or maybe like you were worried about if you have like or if you've had uh adverse reactions to uh vaccines before and not if they were like if they were marginal reactions then i wouldn't worry about it if there's if there are more severe reactions yes okay i'll provide exceptions in those circumstances but uh other than that uh you have no good excuse for not uh stepping up for everybody and helping things go back to normal and you can't even justify it the arguments they go well the government lies to you about everything you think the you think every government in the world is lying about covid do you think every like do you think the like put it this way uh, the entire planet can't agree on nothing, on absolutely uh, anything, period. But we all seem to agree that there's a virus going around and it's a problem and it's killing people and it's draining our fucking uh, our uh, medical resources. Uh, and so, I mean, you, <laughs> I guess, like... I'm in favor of uh, whatever you ha whatever you have to do to inconvenience their lives because I'm fucking double vaccinated. I want to just be able to uh, I should be able to uh, go around not wearing a mask. I should be able to do these things. But the people who don't get vaccinated and want to do these things, they're the problem. And it's highly uh, excuse me. And for me, it's highly contradictory to uh, uh, to both be in the in the in, in the same intellectual camp of being against lockdowns and against vaccinations. To me, that doesn't make uh, logical sense. Now, 
Um, is there a point where our the government overreach has is questionable, and the closing of like especially even fucking Canada and closing gyms and the uh, and and these places that are uh, are helpful to people's uh, well being and uh, keeping them like in a fucking uh, a lethargic existence? Is there a point where um, where it? So let's say the vaccines do, didn't work and COVID keeps spreading. Is there a point where uh, where uh, I would think that uh, we need to stop um, uh, uh, having people restricted and all this? But yes, uh, I agree with you. But I don't agree that the COVID is a hoax. I don't agree with this bullshit. I agree that we cannot continue uh, living a fucking... Um, a prison-like existence for uh, for close to a decade that 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 will yield uh, results that are worth saving the amount of people that are going to die from this. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, having uh, a population that is lethargic, fat, uh, unhealthy, uh, and drug addicted and alcohol addicted is going to be a uh a good uh thing for uh for humanity uh at all and it'll cause worse health problems 20 uh 10 to 20 years uh down the road uh so i'm stuck in the camp where uh i'm kind of like over uh this but i i mean i don't think that uh, but I, w I don't think that you should not get vaccinated and at least try to uh, to uh, do something to uh, to prevent uh, needless death. Like the one point that I want to uh, end on to try and really hammer uh, this home is that uh, the videos that I've seen um, online of people who uh, have died from covid and who have not got the vaccine and seen <laughs> and seen them like in a very deep state of regret for not having gotten vaccinated and that maybe that thing would have uh, that getting vaccinated would have prevented them from dying like they're going to from COVID. This uh, I seen uh, this black gentleman uh who was very big into uh, Jesus and God um, and uh, uh, seen his Twitter feed uh, before uh, and then he finally died. Eventually the doctor came on and tweeted, um, such and such is no longer with us. He passed away. And like, you know, the, and you could, he wasn't willing to uh, admit that he, he was wrong, which, you know, who are people carry secrets to their death into their into their grave and uh you know he goes around saying glory be to god and jesus and all that which is uh good and all in and of itself but not if it's uh preventing you from realizing that uh uh if you would have simply got vaccinated you would have had a significant uh a significantly better chance of not contracting uh the COVID virus and of not, uh, subsequently, uh, dying from it. Like, it's just really infuriating. I've never felt more, uh, I've never, I've never felt more like low on 
the future of humanity than in this past uh, uh, couple years and seeing our reaction to it now. Uh, maybe we learn from it and things will eventually become better. But, you know, I'm at the point where I'm starting to uh, 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 support the government wanting to fucking uh, have passports for being vaccinated. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, <laughs> And if you know me, if you know anything about me and how and my uh, uh, mind state is that uh, I'm not too happy with a lot of the things that uh uh the canadian government uh does and uh and, but i mean for <laughs> for so for me to sit here and agree that they should be clamping down on uh on people who are uh who are her not getting vaccinated and spreading it and like uh is insane and even me like like i mean it's and even me i completely believe in free speech and think that youtube and twitter and facebook have been going nuts with their uh with their censorship i mean <laughs> like it's hard to argue with the point that the that there needs to be more internet censorship when uh when like the only reason that uh people aren't kind of aren't getting vaccinated is because they don't want to be sheeple uh okay something's a little something's a little wrong here <sighs> So yeah, and it's funny how you how, uh, you see people with the Bible are the ones who are uh, the ones who are like uh, uh, it, it just, it's just you know what I'm against really is anything that needs an extra layer. It needs to add an extra layer of bullshit over reality, and that's what religion is effectively. That's uh, how, <laughs> that's how it operates. Like I don't you know. Um, there can be God in that, and I'm cool with it, but I mean, to for anybody to pretend like they can know is uh, horseshit, or know that uh, something happens for, that everything happens for reason is horseshit. A lot of things happen for fucking no reason at all, like fucking pandemic outbreaks and bull, like, I mean, <laughs> what, do you think God is spiteful? Like, you think God is angry at us now? Like, it's just... I, I'm against anything, and it's nice to believe, uh, be a spiritual person, and I do consider myself a spiritual person. I believe in right and wrong. I believe in doing the good thing, but I don't believe in adding like layers of bullshit on top of reality. And uh, and we and I think we need to get past that. And I don't think the Bible is like the only book you ever need to read. I do not think uh, the Bible is really providing uh, relative insights to how people uh, are living their lives right now. Like if you <laughs> just take a look around right uh, right now and uh, how the ability of misinformation and in spite of uh, the Internet providing um, uh, infinite uh, information and infinite access to uh, anything you can possibly know about it, how stupid people are getting. <sighs> it's really unbelievable. So, uh, anyways, I guess um, as far as Canada is concerned, uh, well, we just had some fucking uh, disconcerting news in Florida, 21,000 cases, but... Um, as far as Canada is concerned, um, 
hopefully like things have starting to started to getting get loosened up but we've hit a plateau in the uh in um in, we hit a plateau in people uh getting vaccinated kind of and uh, we were hoping that it would reach the 75 percent mark by now it has not it's kind of at the two-thirds mark and uh Right now we're at we uh, we're at about 200 cases a day after we have just loosened restrictions. So we're gonna see how we're gonna see how it works out. I hope we can get the number of fully vaccinated people to at least 80, uh, 80 if not 85 or 90 percent by the time September 1st comes around. Because if not, we might have. A real problem on our hands because uh i and i don't think we realize how delicate this situation is that's why i think alberta's making a making a big mistake like people are at the point right now where uh where if we if there is a if there's a spike in clamp downs that uh <laughs> there might be a very a very hard reaction against it like uh i'm just saying there uh, uh there might be a very a very um uh, a very hard uh, reactive response to going back into lockdowns uh, so that's why I just think that like you can <laughs> like to uh, to loosen it to the degree where you're allowing uh, COVID positive people to uh, mix and mingle with uh, the rest of the population I mean I just think that's a little bit uh, much right now. Like, uh, you know, we got to kind of, you know, um, dip our feet into the into getting back to normal. And then hopefully we have a as normal a possible as possible 2022 and that uh, we have, you know, we have re semi restrictions uh, going into the end of this year and by the time 2022 comes around things will be normal I think that is kind of uh, w w what we should be doing and uh, and you know hopefully things will uh, things will get better I'm not a super par paranoid guy that thinks like who is benefiting off of this the why why do you think like the government wants people not out and spending their money and wants people locked down and unhappy and they don't they don't want this they they're losing the economy this did you see how hard the uh, economy went down when we had to uh, have the hardest lockdowns like do you think the government wants that absolutely not so you need to really get your head out of your ass and uh take one for the team and hopefully uh hopefully there aren't enough of you idiots around where uh this is going to cause a significant outbreak and ruin our lives for longer than it uh perhaps should <sighs> so <laughs> that's uh I, I guess that's uh i guess that's the end of that I will say, uh, however, gyms uh, gyms were open in smaller town areas, but I decided to stay in Toronto in the GTA, despite that uh, we would have harder restrictions because, you know, that's kind of where I plan it. I could have uh, moved back somewhere where my life would have been easier, but I didn't. Uh, so, and so gyms started opening up in uh, Toronto very recently. And man, it was nice. 
man, it was nice to uh, go back in and get a pump and get a pump in. I feel like, uh, like, uh, well, before um, the lockdown, I was really good with uh, going to the gym. And then at the lockdown, I just kind of, uh, you know, I didn't want to try and like do like half-ass version of exercises. So I kind of just um, hunkered down and uh, focused on things to do with my mind. Uh, used it as an opportunity to uh, to grow intellectually, as I had no uh, physical, had not didn't have many physical outlets. My job is quite physical. But uh, yeah, uh, it, that being said, it was it was nice to go back into the gym and feel the pump and feel the burn. And I do not want to have to go back to not going to the gym. And it was unhealthy for me to do so. Uh, but I mean, you know, uh, for uh, for me, like I think if I just don't get the vaccine, uh, it would be just such an act of. Uh, bewildering act of uh of selfish ignorance that i wouldn't really be able to uh sleep with myself <laughs> as a uh conscious spiritual man who does not need the bible ah <laughs> okay enough of the fucking uh covid talk for now i just had to get that off of my chest it's like uh getting into some of these um arguments uh with people is like really uh really unfortunately been on the forefront of my mind uh because like you know i'm really anticipating not having to uh deal with uh deal with this bullshit again so we'll we'll move on we'll move on um now uh i had spoke about uh twitter now uh speaking of twitter um i was interested uh, twitter came out with a version of uh, a pay for version twitter blue uh and i thought that was uh that was noteworthy and uh they asked me if i wanted to um wanted to subscribe to it and uh, I was checking out what uh, what they gave you on uh, Twitter Blue, and I, di- I, I didn't think it was really worth it. Now, uh, so I want to uh, instead produce, produce a suggestion that... Uh, uh, of what I would do to, or what I, um, what I would pay for, it, ha, ha, uh, in the price that they were asking me, I think like uh, seven ninety nine a month or something like that, something very low or whatever. But um, uh, and they gave you a few different um, perks of using it, and I, d- I didn't think the uh, perks that they gave for paying for it uh, really justified uh, the price I would have to pay. So, in turn, I would uh, instead give a suggestion for Twitter uh, to what I would pay for. Now, uh, in, order, uh, in order for me to consider paying for uh, uh, subscribing to a social media site, Twitter, I would subscribe, I would pay, have a payment for subscription uh, with only if they uh, added only two things. And very easy things to add. So, uh, so let's just go over them. So, number one. I would pay for tw- I would pay for Twitter for following two things. Number one, blue checkmark. <laughs> I know it sounds uh, I know it sounds simple, but uh, I kind of like how they do it now. But I think they should uh, they should have like a 
just enough to prove that you're not a robot and you're a uh, authentic human that's not using duplicate accounts or whatever. Uh, so enough to prove that you have, you have enough tweets in the bank or have been registered for long enough, like with say like kijiji or amazon or uh uber eats or how you, how you get a uh, uh, customer rating based on how long you've been or, uh, using them and uh the amount of interactions you've had that have gone positive etc so something like that where they uh where they can verify that you're not just uh just a bot uh there to troll or something like that or uh or that uh, that you're so just enough to uh, tweets to prove that you're an authentic person. So, so I think that uh, the, that a blue check mark could be paid for. I think that would I so I would so that's a number one thing. Getting an automatic blue check mark as long as I uh, as long as I hit a uh, certain level of um, tweets or time or something an, a base minimum amount of what they would need to uh, uh, authenticate me as a human. Uh, and, and the number, uh, two, the number two thing would be infinite characters. Yes. I think that's the, that's the one thing about Twitter that like annoys me to the fucking nth degree is not having, uh, not having infinite, uh, characters. Like you can have the read more button, uh, but, uh, to see like people with, very uh complete and detailed thoughts uh to see them having to like have like 30 uh threads in uh in a tweet just because they want to uh just because they want to um uh uh display a uh more detailed and more complex uh idea to people that that should be punished i mean like I think that draws a lot of people away from Twitter and uh, onto Facebook is having the sort of character uh, limitization uh, that they do. And I think maybe it's done uh, maybe in a more nefarious way than I uh, <laughs> than I accept. Maybe they don't want it to be uh, unlimited characters. Uh, for whatever reason, Twitter's kind of more elitist and it's more to uh, an elite crowd, not like uh, every man uh, type of social media. I think maybe that's uh, what they're trying to pander to and that, you know, uh, it's hard to argue <laughs> with somebody that, you know, is um, is detailed, has enough time to write an essay and has is presenting his arguments really really well maybe that's uh, the type of crowd twitter doesn't really uh want to go for and maybe i'm just misreading it but if you want me to pay for twitter and if you want me to be able to pay for twitter what would i uh what would it take for twitter to change for me to want to pay for it those are the two things i would pay for Number number one and two, I will pay for it if they change it right now. Boom, I'm done. I will, I will go and subscribe to Twitter. So the number one and two things that they would have to do is number one, uh, number one, blue check mark. Number two, infinite characters. End of story. You you do that done deal. I'll pay for Twitter. Oh, oh. what a week, folks! What a week! Uh, this has been a, one of the 
one of the workiest weeks uh, I've had. Uh, worked my ass off at the job, uh, worked some overtime at the job, and uh, coming in today. And uh, actually, um, thankfully, we uh, tomorrow is a holiday in Canada. It's a civic holiday, just one of those random holidays uh, they put together. It's like, hey, here's a holiday. We don't know what to call it. Civic holiday. Okay, that's fine. Let's roll with it. Uh, in, uh, hope, in hopes of uh, not uh, reducing the amount of ideologues, maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for things to get back to normal. But I am not so eager, on the other hand, for um, the post-pandemic normal activity markup. You know, basically, I'm considering that the second pandemic, <laughs> the the post-pandemic normal activity markup like uh for instance i've seen um uh some of the uh you know more tourist i'm not gonna name names here but some of the more touristy places that have opened and some of the drink prices that uh they're charging people uh right now because trying to um make up for uh lost revenue from the pandemic, etc., that I'm not so eager for. <laughs> I'm not so eager for um, for these uh, uh, semi-normal uh, 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 activities where uh, you're just going to juice up the prices because everybody doesn't want to fucking stay in their houses. Not so eager for that. Uh, not to say that I uh, won't partake in uh, them from time to time, but... Uh, I think, yeah, that's why I kind of uh, got my sights set on 2022 for uh, the breakout, uh, the breakout year. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of glad I took last uh, last month off. There was a lot of shit going on in Canada uh, <laughs> in the month of uh, uh, to wrap up the month of June. Uh, and I f like we had um the residential school, uh, the residential school situation, and the the um, uh, digging up the bones of Native American children uh, that were raped and murdered by uh, under Catholic uh, auspices, uh, uh, under the um, guise of uh, assimilation, to try and attempt to. Um, assimilate the uh, native population to uh, whitewash them uh, and like you know you you need time to fucking process and process uh, these things like you can't just come out with uh, uh, you can't just come out with something that will uh, it's just a risk to yourself until more information is known um, because it's quite horrifying uh uh, horrifying things happening um, and uh, another thing that happened also the Muslim uh, truck attack in uh, in London I believe it was where uh, some a white terrorist uh, ran over a uh, Muslim family and you know you have to uh, you can't just uh, blurt what's whatever's random on your head about this because you're just gonna end up pissing pissing people off um i just you know i i've been in both uh i've been in 
two different kind of versions of Canada. I've been in like uh, the rural Canada where there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of ethnic uh, uh, population, but there's just enough and uh, seeing the the kind of rise of uh, you know not not white supremacy, but like you know pra- like proud boys and uh, uh, just pr- just being like a little too uh, aggressive with, uh, <laughs> with with your with your whiteness and non non integration and anti immigration and and shit like that. Um, to a place uh, to an urban community where like you you know where it's mostly uh where it's mostly uh ethnic people and it's you know every time uh every time we look we look into these things like you know i like uh say for instance uh you know so the um guy who um in the Danforth who uh, killed a bunch of people he, and he's trying to plead insanity and like, Oh yeah, he was an insult, whatever. Looking at all these things like, okay, well we can say that uh, we can say that a white person that ran over the Arab family is a hate crime. Why can't we say the same thing about, uh, about somebody that targets anybody? It doesn't matter if you're, if, uh, if you're black and you target Asians, if you're uh, Asian and you target, target what and you target whites that you did it like why does it why is it only uh, certain groups that have to be d- d- distinguished as uh, hateable like in uh, you know it's the same with the gay community too like if a gay person is attacking uh straight people like <laughs> i mean it's it's all the same thing right uh the only thing that's different is that uh there is that who's able to claim insanity based on uh you know what our um or what's our perceptions in popular culture of who can uh who can be discriminated against it's uh i don't know I personally think that uh, Canada is too lax in um, in crime punishment, and I th- I actually think most of the world is too lax in crime punishment, and that uh, you know another way that I deviate from from biblical uh, values and biblical norms is that I believe that uh, the punishment should fit the crime, and uh, that. A person who uh, who murders others uh, should be uh, murdered, or there should, you know, I should. Uh, there should be a something to disincentivize that. Uh, yeah, because all these people, once they get caught, and uh, all the all it becomes is a game of uh, survival for them, and wanting to avoid uh, avoid the hardship that uh, as much hardship as possible as they will face uh through the legal system now the legal system protects that protects uh criminals too much i'm saying like in a day and age where uh everything's being video recorded where it's very hard to get away with things where uh it's very easy to prove that you did commit uh this crime that somebody who Somebody who murders, regardless of mind state, should should be murdered, and we need to get back to a more 
uh, to a more eye for an eye style uh, punishment because you know the world is getting overpopulated <laughs> as as we can tell by Earth's uh, reaction to our uh, human uh, filth presence uh, at the moment <laughs> uh, and the, the, the world is overpopulated and people who uh, are people who do not play by the rules should not expect the rules to uh, to uh, bend for them <laughs> We should break the rules for those who break them. Now, uh, I would only think that, like, I don't think that uh, we should have capital punishment in circumstances where uh, there's any bit of um, uh, skepticism as to uh, who committed the crimes. Like, right? Like, I mean, like, if we are, uh, if we irrefutably know that somebody has, uh, that somebody uh, murdered somebody cold blood doesn't matter if they're drunk doesn't matter if they're high doesn't matter if they're on fucking pcp doesn't matter if they're fucking mentally fucking whatever doesn't matter what type of my mental illness they have uh that they that uh, that same thing should happen to them and it should be on display for public and we should uh, uh put it on television why not i mean uh, we have to we have to get these things out of our system we have to have a sense of fairness about the world because when it seems uh when it seems like you are doing your all and then other people break the rules and then oh they're complaining oh hey i just murdered somebody but you know i'm not getting uh full internet access and <laughs> and wi-fi in my prison cell uh yeah <laughs> and i'm not even saying to be more that we need to be le less harsh on drug crimes and less harsh on like petty theft and more harsh on uh murder and uh and vi in uh violent crimes that uh affect people's lives uh uh dramatically and that should be all around that's the only way that if you really care about uh about not wanting uh, about wanting a less violent world. I think that uh, if you really care about uh, about uh, uh, about wanting to see you know less deaths, less uh, less this, less that, like uh, uh, I think that you have to have that opinion. That you have to have uh, uh, that the only way we get there that is having a more eye for an eye type of. Um, type of um type of system of justice it's literally the uh, it's, it's the only thing we haven't tried up until this point <laughs> okay so um now i want to talk about um this video that i've seen now uh this is one of those topics where sports intersects with uh the regular uh, TWA2K, because uh, I don't know if you've seen, but look it up if you haven't on, on the internet. Um, it's uh, Richard Sherman. Um, so Richard Sherman was drunk, you know, and uh, he was, uh, excuse me, he was violently slamming the door of uh, his girlfriend's uh, girlfriend's um father's house and like you know basically like punching the door violently smashing like he wanted to he wanted to hurt who was behind the door and 
uh, in his state, um, I'll give Richard. Uh, I'll give Richard the benefit of the doubt that he doesn't seem like a. Uh, uh, he doesn't seem like he would do this in his normal his normal state of mind. I've uh, heard, seen enough of him to know that that's not him. But uh, so in his current state, anyways, uh, he so he was he would have assaulted whoever was on the uh, other side of the door, uh, and that the only thing that was pre- preventing him from not assaulting the father was preventing Richard from not assaulting the father was the fact that there was a a locked door in between them. (laughs) Uh, So um, Richard Sherman's girlfriend or wife, I'm not uh, particularly uh, sure. I don't know exactly the situation, but that is, so that was her father. Uh, So she was calling 911. And the part that I want to highlight is this 911 call, if you can find it, um, try uh, looking up microphone shout out on uh, uh, on YouTube. And uh, if you see breaking uh, for Richard Sherman on the day that he uh, on the day that he uh, did this. Um, so check it out and listen um, at the uh, 442 mark where there's this uh, 911 dispatch uh, idiot who took the phone call of uh, Richard Sherman's significant other, uh, whether it was wife or girlfriend, I'm not sure. So uh, this 911 uh, dispatch idiot uh, took, uh, took, like, uh, Richard Sherman's uh, uh, significant other was was trying to describe the situation the best that she could while dealing with the uh, like emotion, emotive state of uh, uh, needing help right now because Richard Sherman's literally trying to kick down the door to assault her father. And the 911 officer was like, he's he's uh, punching, he's punching things, he's punching. Well, did he actually punch anyone and just trying to like contra just trying to say trying to downplay. Uh, the 911 officer was trying to downplay the fact that maybe she wasn't in as much of an emergency as sh- as she was leading on, but it was clear based on uh, based on the uh, how the how uh, she was she was talking that it was a state of emergency, and the 911 dispatcher was more considered with the particulars. And like, oh, it seemed like she was almost skeptical of sending officers there. Now, if you had this sort of problem where uh, you're getting a lot of uh, calls over over bullshit and bogus shit that, uh, okay, maybe that's something you need to uh, uh, subsidize with like uh, uh, charging people uh, penalties for uh, calling the cops when the cops aren't necessary. But there's no denying that based on how sh- how uh, how this woman was speaking to the dispatcher, that there was an emergency on hand that they needed police presence right now. Because if Richard Sherman would have fucking knocked that door down, that there was a man who was going to get violently assaulted. 
that what <laughs> that wasn't that was without a doubt and the the, the fucking in this uh 911 dispatcher doubles triples down on is like well i i'm not sure if this is really as bad as your as your like this lady's like like she doesn't even she can't even come to grips with uh, with her emotions because uh, because she's in a fucking state of emergency and like when you're in state of panic like that like I've been like that and you can't even remember anything you can't remember your passwords you can't remember fucking like you you you, you can't remember simple things that your mind always always is able to remember uh, when when you're ha- under severe duress and 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 to have a 911 dispatcher that uh, that uh, you, like she should be fired right away <laughs> like there's no doubt about it like I do not uh, if you contrast that if you contrast that with uh, remember that uh, I don't know if you've seen it before but this 911 officer who took a hint like a a champ this this girl was caught was uh was uh trying to hint out that she was in trouble and at first he didn't get it but second time around he got it and sent and and sent like she was trying to order pizza or something it's like i think you're confused it's like no i'm not confused this is and he took and he took on if you contrast those two those are those are two different people that guy should get a raise this girl should get fired like that was unbelievable if you if you check it out please do it's it's worth uh, remarking it seemed like the chick was a total racist karen like she was just like oh well it's black people killing each other <laughs> like it's like it's like it like literally that was the uh, that was the vibe i had coming off of uh coming off of this 911 dispatcher so check that out let me know what you <laughs> let me know what you think like am i am i am i wrong like is that like you know is that like a pass <laughs> for for you like that's a you know you that's the doing the opposite of your job uh pretty much how you're supposed to handle that is try and get any information you can don't sit there and contradict the person send a fucking cop out there because it's like unless the woman was really trying to pull the wool over your eyes uh sending the cops out there was the right move (laughs) it's interesting uh people and how people talk and uh like there was there you know the based on this woman how this woman was speaking there was really no uh no doubt she was in an emergency situation it's like you can tell just like uh, I can tell when uh, when there's somebody who's doing a Peloton ad and they're not really using Peloton because, <laughs> you know, they sell they, they sound like this. Uh, I use Peloton every day and it is fine. It is so, so great to uh, to go around and bike with people. And it's like, no, that's not how Peloton people sound like <laughs> Peloton. OK, let's go. Yes. It's good. Oh man, I was on this run the other day, and it was so sick. Oh man, I think I did uh did thir- three kilometers in fucking thirty minutes, bro. Yeah, like, that's how fucking people use Peloton sound. They don't sound like well. Uh, this is, this day, I think it is a terrific product. It's like I can fucking tell. <laughs> I know you don't use Peloton, motherfucker. 
And that's why Joe Rogan is so successful at uh, podcasting is uh, in the interview and how he interviews people and uh, kind of uh, uh, putting himself in uh, their shoes and trying to get them uh, trying to get them to it's uh, it's just interesting how how you use uh, vocals and how you use your voice, uh, how you use your voice can mean a lot. But if you went through a training video and uh like i would think if you went through a 911 training video and they uh and they played this for you it's like okay what would your reactions be and if and you, you the last thing you would think is like oh i should um i should press the person on this and and try and it's like oh hey maybe this it really is an emergency maybe he's just punching the house and that's not really an assault like and trying to figure out the particulars of the of the emergency I got a motherfucker that's going nuts over here, and unless you guys come and taser his ass, he's gonna fucking, he's gonna rip someone's head off. Uh, like, what more do you need to say at that point? So, folks, that's, uh, that's it for, um, that's it for TWA2K regular show. Uh, please stay tuned if you feel so inclined. I'll be going over, uh, sports. Uh, I'll be doing my sports takes for uh, the last couple of months. Uh, there'll be a lot of uh, UFC and NFL training camp talk. So uh, so stay tuned if you feel so inclined to TWA2K Sports. But in the meantime, that was the World According to Kyle podcast. Hope you had a good time, everybody. Take care. Dun, 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 dun. TWA2K Sports. Yeah, what's up, everybody? This is TWA2K Sports Section. Uh, let's get into it. Okay, so since uh, the last time uh, we had uh, TWA2K Sports, there have been some championships that have uh, that have been won, uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, didn't acknowledge them. So let's do that right now. We had uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning winning uh, their second Stanley Cup in a row and defeating the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And, uh, you know, good for them. Tampa Bay, uh, you know, they overcame um, getting waxed, uh, <coughs> excuse me, as the first seed uh, against... Um, against the eighth seed uh, in the playoffs a couple years ago and have won a couple Stanley Cups since. Good congratulations. Uh, and shows proof that Steve Eiserman's really uh, really quite the quite the GM. He has assembled uh, quite the team there in, uh, in Tampa and uh, good for them. Uh, maybe hockey isn't as random as you think sometimes. Uh, well, I mean when you got to, when you got a really good team that's really well balanced and firing on all cylinders like uh, growing up in Win- in Windsor area, uh, I was a big fan of the Red Wings and they're you know they're a very complete team and when you have a very complete team uh, that's uh, that's firing on all cylinders and you're getting great goaltending that is a recipe for a lot of Stanley Cups uh, so uh, and it's hard to replicate uh, and so Tampa seems seems to have that where they have uh, where, where they have kind of everything figured figured out right now and they uh, and they got a really great situation but uh, when you rely on so many um, 
so many individual pieces it can go it can go up in smoke pretty fast so we'll see uh we'll see what happens hockey is a very fickle sport uh for me i think like the best way to produce a team uh that is capable of winning the stanley cup is to have a team is to reduce mistakes like unforced errors i uh, if you would call it in the tennis world uh, is like the less unforced errors you make like turning the puck over this and that because any uh, goals are highly random shooting the puck at a net where the goalie is like uh you know covering like two-thirds of it with his padding uh is a little subject to uh randomness so the way the way you the way you counter those uh random variables is uh is by making the least mistakes possible is by making uh making is not making uh unforced errors and i notice that a lot with teams that get beaten like with uh like now that i'm in toronto uh, big, big on watching toronto sports and that that's kind of the leaves uh leafs achilles heel is that uh every now and then they'll have like a horrific turnover or uh, you, you, you know and you can point to this uh, every point in the game oh they had this awful you know awful giveaway uh in in uh that uh you know scored the tying goal and then they and then they fell off after that so <laughs> like uh uh like I think hockey, like if you want to create a great hockey team, you need to have a team that w- that reduces those uh, those unforced errors, and because any you know you could be out shooting uh, the other team like you know ten to one, uh, and uh, but that one giveaway was the a backbreaking one, and and uh, their goalie did all the cut off all the right angles, and all of a sudden you're behind the eight ball, and it's a little and it's a lot different of a, a of a hockey game than you thought it would be so shout out to the tampa bay lightning and uh steve eiserman and steve stamkos and that's quite the team that they've got over there um now the other team uh, that has won a championship in the meantime the milwaukee bucks and Giannis antetokounmpo and uh as pissed off as I've been with uh, the NBA recently via being a Toronto Raptors fan and uh, have seen having the potential for um, a dynasty, but the only reason you don't have a dynasty is because uh, people don't want to play, or superstars don't want to play in an area that's, you know, below uh 15 degrees uh celsius on average <laughs> i don't it's uh i mean it's baffling how uh i think that that's at the point where the stars are making a little bit too much money where they they, they can uh, willfully uh turn down a championship situation because uh the because it's not sunny enough <sighs> I guess that's just me growing up uh, north of the border, growing up, uh, you know, near the I-95, <laughs> 
and maybe that's my mentality but i mean uh i i would like i would like to congratulate uh needless to say i would like to congratulate Giannis, uh the greek freak antetokounmpo and uh the milwaukee bucks for winning and Giannis is a great example of he and it's i can't hate him because like he's he's so not the fucking diva superstar fucking he stuck with his original team uh he wanted to win with them he knew he had uh, he knew his chances were best by going by going with them and he didn't want to create a super team now we're seeing right now fucking westbrook going to uh going to the los angeles lakers it's a complete shit show like uh like it's not even uh it's not even a sport practically it's just like when um when the sport is played out more during the off season than the in season, you, you're starting to lose grip of what it means to have a sport. <laughs> it, like it's uh, it's troubling. I think the the NBA needs to start experimenting and needs to uh, needs to needs to do something because this era has gotten just r- ridiculous. The LeBron era has created uh, this brand of uh, of NBA player that uh, or brand of NBA that is turning more into soccer where people are just trying to uh, dive and draw fouls and uh, I, and I don't really know how uh, how it's fixed um, but uh, the uh, uh, the the fickle nature of uh human error uh and refing is something that's really uh that really drags me down trying to trying to think of <laughs> trying to think of solutions for but um on a practical level i think like um like t- uh maybe going twos and threes isn't quite uh enough because uh certain degrees of shots are very easy like a layup is a very easy shot why is a why is a why is a free and a free throw is a harder shot than a layup so uh why is uh so why is a free throw one point and why is a layup two points gets you thinking doesn't it uh maybe if maybe a free throw should just be one shot for two points maybe uh a common uh maybe a common layup or dunk should just be one point and maybe a two-pointer should be like uh 10 feet or greater uh from from uh behind the circumference of the uh, uh of the basketball net and then have the three-pointer stay the same but you could also have four pointers five pointers and anything beyond uh like uh and then that would be the half court line and then if you were beyond the half court then seven eight nine ten have all the areas mapped out where so if you get a, if you get like a full uh half court shot that's 10 points now of course you're not going to go for it but if it's your only chance of winning that i mean i think that maybe that would be something that uh maybe the nba should look into is that depending that each area on the floor pertains to a certain point amount because it's a certain degree of difficulty harder than uh than other shots and maybe that uh uh, that is something um i would look at because me as like somebody who is uh uh uh, undersized uh shooter when i play basketball 
that <laughs> that when we play uh, when we play with ones uh, when we play just ones for everything, it's the fucking worst. Like I, I'm a three point shooter. I don't play grandpa basketball. Fucking uh, you know, I play <laughs> I play I play with uh, with point differentiation, uh, and I think that that's what it's about is of assigning uh, uh, values of difficulty to uh, each point on the floor, and that maybe that. Uh, uh, that should be uh, uh, looked at a little more in the NBA and considering degree of difficulty of, of shots, etc. So, uh, anyways, that is how I would fix basketball. <laughs> that was my quick take on how I would fix basketball. But uh, congratulations to uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, Chris Middleton was pretty big. He stepped up a lot. Uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, all them guys. I'm glad. I'm glad somebody uh, somebody who's not a complete sellout ended up winning the NBA championship. But that's not gonna that's not gonna spare me of the next five years of uh, having to watch uh, LeBron, who's effectively assembled uh, the Monstars <laughs> to uh, to win the next uh, four out of the next five NBA championships. Also, he can call himself the greatest. Uh, yeah, count me out. Uh, hopefully something can combat that. Uh, I thought it could have been the Raptors, and it could have been, but, uh, you know, apparently Kawhi didn't want that to happen. Um, so congratulations to both the, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and Milwaukee Bucks on achieving their championships. I am glad the seasons, uh, that there was a full enough season to have the, those things. Now, um, on to the NFL. And um, I wanted to talk about uh, some of my takes. Uh, one of my takes on um, on Lamar Jackson. And um, it caused quite the stir. Um, uh, but, I mean, you know, I uh, so I commented on something uh, that uh, was like, oh, wh- what do you think lo- of Lamar as a quarterback? Uh, what you, uh, and, I, and I said, uh, he's a starting caliber quarterback, <laughs> and I didn't think he's that great. And that set people off, and a lot of people called me racist, and a lot of people... Uh, made assumptions about me uh that were that were not true and it seemed to have triggered a lot of people and uh you know that is usually a good indication <laughs> that you're right about something now um i want to talk about this i want to i want to do a little bit of a deep dive because uh i i liked lamar coming out of uh college and he's basically what i thought what i thought he was um uh and I made money off betting him on in college, so I uh, and I thought he was a good value to pick up for the Ravens. Now uh, they created a great system around him, etc. Uh, but I think uh, there's been a little too much of throwing the Ravens um, wide receiver and core uh, under the bus uh, in t- in order to um, protect Lamar. Uh, now. <laughs> Lamar is a tremendous athlete. Don't get me wrong, uh, uh, but I think ultimately um, the quarterback position comes down to throwing, and I do not see him as having an NFL caliber arm. 
Now, he can he get around it? Can you create offenses? Yes, but I mean, I wouldn't go dissing uh, the the Baltimore Ravens wide receiving core and Hollywood Brown and um, and Andrews, the tight end, are really great. I mean, I, I don't like they're really great options. I don't think that. Uh, or like Willie Sneed is all that terrible. Like I don't think he's the worst wide receiver ever. Um, I just think that uh, um, I've haven't seen enough um, development in Lamar's arm to be very comfortable with uh, him in the role that he's in. Now I think the Ravens are a stacked roster. Like I, I is there any arguing that the Ravens don't have a fucking stacked team? If you want to nitpick and say okay, you don't like their wide receiving core, whatever. Uh, I mean, it's not the Cincinnati Bengals, uh but um I like I don't think it's a bad wide receiving core. Like I I don't think they have bad options. Uh, and I think that uh, Lamar's just not not hitting them or not like doesn't have a trustworthy enough arm to like the year that he won the MVP. It was like teams didn't adjust to him. But if you stack the box and uh, play man coverage downfield, okay, like I think you're gonna like be okay against Lamar. Like I think as long as you prevent uh prevent the run. And like uh, of all the things, like uh, you know, we we hate running backs so much, <laughs> like uh, or like we hate on running. Or, you know, standard foot football devalues the position of running back uh, the most. So why is turning the quarterback into a runner <laughs> like any? Why why do we why why do we make an exception for that? If if you know oh it doesn't matter if you're running uh, six yards a clip if you can't pick up a pick up ten yards on a first down then what then what good are you? Okay, so I present that question to you with uh, with quarterbacks who are uh, only focused on running. Why does that not apply to them? Why does it only apply to apply to running backs? Uh, so I flip that I flip that around. Okay, uh, um, we devalue the position of running back. So I'm 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 valuing passing more in a quarterback because you're able to do more things. Now uh, you should have a above a certain level arm to uh, to play in the NF in the NFL. The more legs you got, great. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you're only as strong as the strength of your greatest weakness. And if you have, and if you have a significant weakness, uh, then that's your Achilles heel. And that's something that can be exploited. Now I, t and, um, so, and I could tell by my, re my reactions, uh, to, uh, to this is, um, I, I ended up betting a guy $500, that uh, Lamar Jackson would not uh, would not make a Super Bowl in okay so two and a half years two and a half years set as a number will Lamar Jackson make a Super Bowl in the next two and a half years I said no I took the under uh, basically so uh, I'm in a bet with a Ravens fan who uh, says yes uh, they will make they will make a Super Bowl in the next two years so I feel I feel good about uh, that about that bet I feel like he's almost getting juiced a little on that because I think ultimately when it comes down to it 
and there are enough good teams in the AFC that you can scheme against uh, against Lamar. <laughs> and uh, and like I said, you're only as strong as the strength of your greatest weakness. And when your greatest weakness and when your greatest uh, weakness is the thing that produces the the most yards and the most big time plays. That's a fucking big time problem, in in my opinion, and I really think that. Uh, and the, the unfortunate part is that we're uh, that the bad rap that uh, 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 guys like Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews and uh, the other various uh, uh, wide receivers are getting are getting because of it. Now, um, of course, I think Lamar's starting caliber. I think you got to roll with him, but I mean, absolutely, I think you have to develop uh, that he has to develop the arm and uh and it's not going to happen overnight and personally i don't think it's uh i don't think it's a good enough quality arm to uh win nfl win a super bowl at the nfl level so uh call me a racist all you want uh i've dealt with it before um let me think what was the last time i dealt with oh yes uh i dealt with it when uh i was sticking up for Dabo sweeney when uh he wanted to bench kelly bryant in favor of trevor lawrence oh how did that work out wait trevor lawrence won the national championship uh and uh and uh i was uh vindicated uh which uh you know i knew i would be because it was clear to see that Dabo's decision had nothing to do with race he was starting the best quarterback uh, to be able to win him uh, to win him championships and uh, you know I understand maybe Kelly Bryant felt uh, felt salty by, uh, about that and maybe Dabo said oh yeah you're going to but Kelly Bryant had his chance he had a full fucking season to show to show what he was about and it didn't happen and then uh, Trevor Lawrence came in and showed that ability and he and and again, the same things uh, people are saying to me now about uh, Lamar Jackson, people were saying to me before uh, about um, about uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence in respect to uh, Kelly Bryant. So, you know, uh, I'll stick by my guns and, uh, you know, if I have to cough up $500 for Lamar making a Super Bowl, uh, I'll do that. But guess what? It's not it's the only way it's going to happen is if he develops his arm and um a lot of people are like pointing out, uh, it's like he did this throw, he did that throw. Okay, you know, great. I'm looking at these throws and they're not all that great. It's not like he's beating coverage. The guys are like 10 feet open and he hits them. It was like, wow, he made a pass he should have made. If you have to display the fact that uh, he's making a pass that you know is a common nfl like no one's no one's showing these passes where he's these no look uh you know um bombs on the run like uh you know uh sidearm and shit like (laughs) i mean like i'm not i'm just not i'm just not seeing it okay and uh and i think that going against the grain too much in this uh quarterback market it's what like i mean i think in my mind patrick mahomes is the best running quarterback because and he's only the best running back running quarterback because you fear his arm so when he goes out and starts uh starts to improvise and starts to go out on uh, you know and starts to break out of the pocket 
that you legitimately have a decision to make. With Lamar Jackson, it's no decision. It's go tackle that motherfucker, and if he fucking unle- and if he fucking hits his prayer of a fucking uh, of a shot, then consider then consider that lucky. But uh, otherwise, you're trying to tackle. You're trying to treat him as if he's a running back. Uh, with Pat, then that's why Patrick Mahomes is the perfect running quarterback because he because his arm is dangerous enough to kill you from anywhere on the field, and that's what makes his running dangerous. It's not the reverse. The you fear the big time plays. You fear the you fear the bombs, and and if and if teams are willing to give up their running lanes, then you take them, and that's how and that's how you break them. But it starts from a position of uh, uh of your strength, and your strength as a quarterback should be your arm, not your legs. Uh, and as as better as you can uh, make your legs, hey. That's fucking great. That's more options. That's more that you can do. Is it necessary to win Super Bowls? No. Absolutely not. Uh, okay, so just had to get that off my chest. Uh, what do you what do you think? Let me know be- let me know below. Uh, am I $500 uh, richer or uh, am I coughing that uh, am I coughing that up in the next little while? That's American too because he's an American. So <laughs> So that's a, that's a, so that's like 600 bucks for me, 625 bucks for me. <sighs> okay, now uh, being a Bengals fan, um, I uh, I came across a lot of um, hatred for Zach Taylor uh, at the moment, and um, I just want to say I don't think uh, the last couple seasons were any like huge indictment on him um i think there were a lot of circumstances that went against him i think that uh he kind of did the best that he could given the circumstances but um i would say that this year is the year that i want to that he that he will need to prove himself as well because it's okay to eat a shit sandwich for uh for a little bit um if uh, the results that uh, come out at the end uh are you know uh, if you're baking a fucking uh, pumpkin pie at the end of that so uh i think uh i think this year is kind of a prove it year and i wouldn't necessarily say he's an awful coach um i did see some things uh like um the fourth down conversion uh, rates and the fourth down play calling. And uh, I noticed enough where he was playing with uh, Joe or uh, uh, playing to Joe Burrow's uh, strengths that, um, that uh, uh, I wouldn't necessarily write it off, but I would say very shortly. I mean, like, um, and this, um, this season should be a pr- uh, prove it uh, viewed at as a pr- uh, as a prove it season for uh, Zach Taylor, especially with the addition of uh, Riley Reef and uh, you know Jonah Williams back healthy and uh, Frank Pollock on the uh, as offensive line coach. Uh, Jamar Chase with Burrow and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd like. You have to show something now this year. You know, forget about draft. Forget about draft position. You need to fucking. You need to really show what you're capable of this year. This needs to be. Uh, we need to. Sh- we need to. We need to show our strength right now. So uh, yeah, I think this year's big for uh, big for Taylor because. Uh, 
because there's a lot of questions rolling around uh, about maybe it could have been Joe Burrow's injury could have been prevented if we played safer, stuff like that. But, I mean, it's just good to see Burrow healthy. Uh, he looks great. Uh, and, I, you know, I hope Zach Taylor can really uh, can really uh, fl- uh, bring Joe Burrow to flourish uh, with all the um, with all the offensive weapons that he has. Now uh, let's uh, let's transition uh, into a little bit of uh, UFC now. So a few UFC uh, events have happened uh, uh, since uh, our last TWA 2K. Now the m- more recent notable uh, one was uh, Poirier versus McGregor, in which uh, Poirier won because Connor um, snapped his uh, leg. And uh, yeah, it was uh, a lot of people argued it was a 10 8 round for uh, Poirier. I still think maybe 10 9, but still, Poirier definitely. Uh, Connor put up enough of a fight, but what, what happened after was uh, more, um, more the story. And uh, that, like, I guess. When you're on top of the world and you're shit talking, it's, you know, it's a little bit different. Uh, When you're sitting there with your fucking leg broken, telling a guy you're going to kill him and insulting his wife, it's just like, I mean, it's it's just like I I would understand if Poirier doesn't fight him. I mean, Poirier is probably going to fight him again because he wants a paycheck, but like... I almost think you shouldn't in that uh, you shouldn't uh, um, give him give him that because uh, you definitely don't have to. You I mean I and on top of that, like McGregor has looked bad. Like uh, and I don't. I'm not sure McGregor would beat Dan Hooker, let alone fucking uh, Dustin Poirier. And I'm sure Poirier wants to just beat his ass for the money. But I mean, I think maybe the MMA needs to or Poirier needs to look at this and say, hey. Uh, him versus Oliveira is going to be a great fight. Uh, um, all, like um, Ortega and um, Volkanovski is going to be a good fight. I mean, like um, the UFC has just got great athletes right now, and uh, you know, I think maybe we we should not care so much about Connor. Like, what has he done lately? Not much. He was great for the sport. He helped uh, bring the sport up in uh, the time where it where it needed it. And he was a great uh, a, a great promoter, but you know, he's he's getting his ass kicked right now. So, how can you like, um, I mean, uh, and especially with all like the his antics, you just you can't reward that. And maybe it'll hurt your paycheck a little bit, but you're, man, you're going to get paid. You're going to get paid from fucking uh, your next five fights. You're going to make probably a million dollars guaranteed because Poirier looks good. The the, the lightweight division looks good. Uh, You you match up, mix and match up any of the uh, top five in there, and boom, I'm down. (laughs) Now, I had a a thought that uh, of a sick uh, scenario. You know that meme where Dana White's load? This will be a Dana White huge load. Uh, <laughs> this would be a huge load from Dana White. Okay, so here is here here it is. It's like Ortega. Ortega beats Volkanovski. 
gets the strap. Next fight, Ortega Holloway. Oh, how sick would that be? You want to fuck Conor McGregor, Ortega Holloway for the strap. <laughs> how, how sick would that be? I don't even care. I don't care that Conor McGregor, he can have his, he can, he can fight whoever, whoever he wants. Ultimately, Khabib was fucking proven right, proven the champ. Uh, Islam looks, uh, looks great <laughs> it looks really great uh and uh you know and khabib uh you know khabib connor may have had a lot of short-term fame and a lot of and a lot of money but khabib has the respect and khabib has the respect of the fighters and the respect of the community and khabib can go on uh teaching his fight strategies because clearly they're working out anybody in his camp d does exactly what uh habib does and they're and they're turning into winners so uh, who's connor turning into a winner all he's doing is running his mouth and helping himself and uh uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Connor had got got big paydays, but Khabib has respect, and respect will and respect will make sure he gets paid until he and until the day he dies. And on top of that, what Connor said about fucking COVID and Khabib's father was absolutely disgusting. I don't know how he can stick up for this guy at this point. Just uh, you know, let him let him be alone in his own little world. He's making an embarrassment of uh, of himself, and he needs to just shut the fuck up and and stop because you know he. He was uh, he was great during uh, the the second Poirier Poirier one because he got humbled and, uh, and, and a few times and he was a little more humble and had a little more humility. Then after he lost, it just became excuses and excuses and uh, and you just look ridiculous when you're sitting with a snapped leg talking about how you're gonna fucking kill someone in their sleep, getting carried out on a stretcher and uh okay so more recently we had the uh dillashaw uh the dillashaw comeback which was fucking fantastic um now sanhagen i guess if if i had to score the fight i think i would have had sanhagen winning because i had um i had cody sanhagen cody sanhagen uh in one two three four but I uh, I felt the fifth could have gone either way. Like I wasn't uh, I wasn't super impressed with uh, with Sanhagen. Like he didn't really try and empty the tank until like late in the fifth and try and really go like hard for for knocking TJ out until it was too late. Um, and TJ was had like tj was controlling the pace of the fight a lot like i i didn't hate the decision i thought and i like i had i had sanhagen winning uh 40 48 47 but i mean like <laughs> i you know i did that with like you know plugging my nose and uh trying to pick a pick a winner of the of the fifth uh, but it's good to see TJ Dillashaw back. Uh, that, that that division is uh, stacked, and there's, there's a lot of good fights you can make. There's a lot of good mixing, mixing and matching that uh, that uh, you can have from that. And uh, you know, Sanhagen can when somebody you know 
when somebody uh, is a little too careless and leaves their chin open, Sanhagen can uh, can can put you out. But when somebody who's fighting more uh, smarter and controlling the pace and uh, put and pushing the pace, at, uh, you know, you've seen Sanhagen. Uh, Sanhagen have have a little bit of trouble with that but uh regardless i think i'm uh, interested to see a rematch i'm interested to see tj dillashaw uh fighting somebody else again i guess we're gonna have chandler uh gaichi which that should be incredible oh but the other fight on that card um <clears throat> there's another fight on that card which one was it um Oh yeah, the Maverick vs. Barber where the judges completely fucking butchered the decision. Like, I don't know what they were watching. I don't know what fight they were watching where Maverick Maverick obviously won the first two rounds and Barber put it on in the third, but everyone could agree who watched the fight that uh, uh, that Maverick had won the first two rounds, but somehow uh barber won 28 29 on a split decision when she only won the third round like i do not know like how you give any of the first two rounds to barber like uh based on like maverick definitely not the first definitely not the first but the second the second you give to barber for how she didn't do anything like and i know you have to give the third to her but she, you, uh, Barber's down two rounds. She's got to knock her out. She's got to knock her out. And uh, <laughs> that wasn't even the the, the last. Uh, there was another fucking uh, fight where they completely fucking butchered the result. Uh, Goldie, I thought, won. Um, wh- who's the other one? Um, the Paeva Phillips one. Uh, I thought that was a that was a draw. <laughs> um, I thought that it was a ten eight uh, for Phillips in that Paeva uh, uh, ten to nine for the le- the next two. So I had that as a draw, uh, and I think a lot of people felt the same. Where uh, Phillips ten eighted him in the first round in uh, Paeva. Uh, 10-9 him the next two. Uh, so I had that. Now, let me say something also, is that um, I find that uh, sometimes the second fights are amazing and that why these aren't five-round fights, it doesn't, like, uh, why does it have to be for a strap uh, in order for it to be a five-round fight? Like Phillips and Paeva, if that was five rounds, that would have been five rounds of pure fucking amazing fighting like it like that uh it was a disappointment that's that that couldn't have uh, had five rounds and i think this sec the co-main so the second to the main event should always be five rounds it doesn't matter if it's for a strap or some legacy fight or or whatever regardless should always be five rounds because there's enough talent in the ufc where you 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 can i mean schedule at least some semblance of a uh five round worthy uh fight for your uh second for your second fight regardless of uh whether it's for the title or not okay so uh we just had um we just had hall versus strickland uh wrap up not really uh the most notable card um the la- the last fights were kind of were kind of good um but uh yeah uh hall just got 
murked by Strickland completely fucking outclass outclassed him strickland uh for the middleweight is uh, is good enough um good enough fight card it's definitely you know it's not a it's not official ufc but good enough for a fight night and like i said like the ufc has more than enough talent to uh to compensate for um for um having this the second to last fight be uh be a uh be five rounders and it should be okay so that's it that's a wrap that's it for twa 2k sports um hope you guys had a fantastic last couple of months uh i'll be back next month with uh twa 2k uh see you guys then later